from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. Every race has winners. Come get your share. This is the Press Box. And it's neck and neck in the home stretch. The jockeys are tiny. The horses are big. Suspiciously big. Unnaturally big. Well, let's just say if you like your performance enhanced, we've got you covered. With Grady and Bischoff. Dramatically fewer fixed races. Not none, but that's why they call it gambling. On ESPN Las Vegas. We don't foresee any problems, but we'll admit it was a last-minute decision that didn't get discussed with the whole team. All right, here we go. It's a Thursday. Ed, Tyler, Degenerate Danny running the show. He's got his Santa hat on. He's ready for the weekend. Look at you. Oh, I'm going to have an even better outfit for tomorrow. It's going to be fantastic. Are we going to see you tomorrow? Oh, I'll be in here for the last hour. Okay. All right. I was going to say, you can't tease us with a great outfit yeah. and then not show up. You might see me walking past the window, but... Oh, you're, not going here. Full, you're not going full sand, are you? You'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping it's the Grinch. Oh, that'd be good. I'm hoping it's a Grinch costume. That would be good. All right. Yeah. I am. I, we were just talking about this before we came on. I am blown away at this box score of Eastern Illinois and Iowa. I did not watch a second of this game, but Iowa lost as a 32 and a half point favorite yesterday. They gave up 92 points to Eastern Illinois. Eastern Illinois made six threes in the game, which sounds impossible that you'd score that many points, but also Eastern Illinois. Uh, I don't know if they got hurt. They two starters just like didn't play one For starter, Eastern Illinois. Yeah. One starter played four minutes. One starter played nine minutes and neither. And they combined zero for two from the floor with like two rebounds. They, they, some guy came off the bench, played 33 minutes, and scored 22 points on 10 of 15 shooting. Just ca- and like, what the hell? Well, you said one of Eastern Illinois wins was St. Mary of Denmark. Uh, like, wait, 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 St. Mary of the Woods. Well, okay. So, so Eastern <laughs> Eastern Illinois before beating Iowa last night, they had three wins on the season. One was a division win, uh, division one win over IUPUI. Who's yep, three, yep. 363 in Ken Palm. Their other two wins, non-Division 1, over Blackburn, which I'm pretty sure is a team that's been in the Premier League before over in England, and St. Mary of the Woods. There you go, St. Mary of the Woods. It's a <laughs> solid team. Danny, what would the what would the line have been on St. Mary's of the Woods? I have no idea. Well, Eastern Illinois beat them by 62. Oh. And they beat Iowa by what nine or eleven? By nine. Nine. This is the most. This is one of the most fascinating final scores I think I've ever seen. How did they score ninety-two points on Iowa without making a bunch of three? They made six threes. Yes. Yeah. How many free throws? Uh, fourteen to twenty-two. Iowa made more free throws and threes. So they just throws, beat the hell out of them inside. Free throws and threes. A lot of mid rangers, Tyler. A lot of a lot of the shots you don't like. It must have been a lot of mid rangers. If you're going to beat Iowa with them, go for it. The and here's the other part: Iowa led eighteen to four to start. How did this happen? I don't they know. had they had one of those ten minute no scoring runs that you love. Iowa still scored eighty three, eighty to one on the money line. I, yep. 80. How, how did that get? I don't understand that game. I don't know how that happened. That's one of the most fascinating box scores I've ever looked at. 31 point underdogs win outright. Love to see it. This was the ultimate John Rothstein because I saw it last night. The epitome of brutality. That is. That's more than I that. I mean, that is, that is even more than the epitome of brutality. God, Eastern Illinois. 
Imagine betting on Iowa money line. If you're just Saint, money line, if you're Saint Mary of the Woods today, are you trying to schedule Iowa? Yes. Are you, are you yes. hanging a banner and Saint saying Mary's better Denmark, than Iowa? Yes, they are now coming over from Denmark <laughs> to schedule Iowa or bringing Iowa over there because they probably could beat Iowa. The first bite. Can Mark Stone carry the Golden Knights? Well, it was Arizona. It was Arizona, and he played amazing. So you loved his celly. How much should we discount everything that happened last night because it's Arizona? Given how they played at home recently. They still have 10 wins. Arizona does. But you said yesterday they had one on the road like in September. It's like like one of their last six or (laughs) seven, or I think it was eight road games Arizona has actually won. So it was a bad home team versus a bad road team. Yes. But, okay, Mark Stone last night was incredible. Like, unbelievable. Even before he scored a goal, Mark Stone was having a great night. Well, I guess you'd need to score, but he his individual expected goals. So they just, every shot has an expected goal total. His added up to 2.01 last night, which is an it's insane a number. It's a lot. Very rarely do you have over two for an expected goals. He by himself had 11 high danger chances. The Coyotes had 13 last night as a team. He was incredible. And then he finally scored twice. He got the shorthanded goal and the power, power play, play goal. goal. And here's, oh, and by the way, the William Carrier goal was because Mark Stone created a turnover, which led to a three-on-one. So they don't have Jack Eichel right now. Uh, they basically do not get any scoring from their defenseman. Um, Riley Smith has been on fire. Outside of that, who's scoring for this team? Carlson and Marsh so haven't been doing a whole lot, and they're not getting a bunch of depth scoring unless it's William Carrier. So you look at, like, where do the goals come from? And with Eichel out, does it need to be Mark Stone? Like, do they need these performances more often from him? Yeah, but I think it's unfair to ask him to play that well that often. Can he do half of that? Because yeah, yes. exactly. If he can do half of that, he's still playing really, really well. Yeah, because that, that's that's got to be one of the best individual performances in team history. Yes, I I don't I can't look up quickly the individual expected goals for a player in uh, all time for the Golden Knights, but I'm guessing that's one of the highest that this team has ever had. Well, like you said, anything over two is just is is a ridiculous. ridiculous game. So, like that's an incredible performance from Mark Stone. To essentially, I mean, every time he's on the ice, it was are the Golden Knights going to score? Or are they going to hit the post? Like that was basically what happened with Mark Stone. But here's here's the interesting part. If you look at Mark Stone's uh, season so far, if you take out uh, power play and penalty stuff and you just focus on his five-on-five numbers, Mark Stone's having the worst season of his career. He is scoring, uh, if you do it by per 60 minutes, 0.58 goals per 60 at five-on-five. Kinds of put in last night perspective. Yeah. The last three years in Vegas... Again, he's at 0.58. Last three years in Vegas, that number has been 0.93, 0.86, and 1.1. His worst ever season was back when he was in Ottawa six years ago, was 0.65. So he's having his worst five-on-five goal scoring year of his career. And he's basically been cut in half as to what he was producing last year in terms of five-on-five scoring per minute. Now, Mark Stone is not... Here as a goal scorer, Mark Stone is good at basically everything and he's okay at goal scoring, right? You don't get Mark Stone and say he's going to be our leading goal scorer. But when you trade away Max Pacioretty for cap space, when you don't have defensemen scoring basically at all, when Jack Eichel's out, 
you'd kind of need Mark Stone to be a goal scorer. And he did it last night. And I'm curious, especially at five on five, can he be someone you can count on? Hey, Mark, the lineup's a little depleted. We're not getting goals from the extra areas that we think we need to. We need you to do some goals for us. Last night he did. And I think they need some of that going into the future because they they need to score, especially yeah. at home. They need to score goals. And where are they coming from? Riley Smith. And then who knows where? You loved Mark Stone's celebration. Oh, he's great. I mean, he's always. Well, he's always great with the celebrations. And he's sometimes he's better when, uh, when other people score. Right. That was, so his uh, first goal, he deflected a point from the shot. And started celebrating. And normally, okay, normally in hockey, when there's a deflection in front of the net, you can't tell, like, watching it live who deflected it, right? It's just No, often they get it wrong in terms of who scored the goal. It's very difficult to see without replays. But, generally speaking, you can pay attention to how they celebrate, and the player knows they tipped it in, and the player will celebrate, or they'll lead the handshake line with the bench. But Mark Stone's the exception because when Mark Stone celebrates, it might just be because his teammates scored. Right. So right. he's great. And last night, <laughs> after his second goal, I it's like they won the Stanley Cup. Guy was guy was ready to go. That was almost um the Chicago Blackhawks scoring the game winning goal in overtime to win the Stanley <laughs> Cup a few years ago. And it's like get the gloves off, get the sticks out of here and start celebrating. Like Mark Stone was pumped. Love that guy. Like everybody else is like, yeah, good goal. And he's like, this is the greatest moment of my life. Of my career. Oh, it's so great. It's phenomenal. Uh, and I don't know, for a mid to late December game against Arizona, right? It's not like it's that important of a game. But for how this team's been playing at home and for how, you know, he hasn't exactly been the greatest offensive producer uh, recently. It kind of felt like a big relief was uh, there for the Golden Knights. after. Oh, that for game. their entire team. Yeah. B- b- sigh of relief. And you know, I joked before uh, start the game about Arizona, but it didn't really matter. They just needed to win a home game yeah. and score some goals while they were doing it. Scoring the goals is uh, quite convenient for the Gold Knights and for them to all just come in a wave in the third period really makes you feel good. Because that was 1-1 one, after two. Yeah, because that was like, it's 1-1 one, one after two periods and they're out shooting Arizona by like 15, 16 shots right. or whatever it was. Like it definitely was like, oh, like they're dominating Here this they go game. again but they're going to end up blowing it because they can't score. Right. And then to get sort of the avalanche goals there in the third period is a big deal. Now, Daniil Merimanoff scored his second career goal. He scored on the power play. Daniil Merimanoff with two goals this year is third all by himself on the team in defenseman goals. Only Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo are ahead of him. And those two, by the way, have four and three on the year. So if Merimanoff scores again... Before Theodore be tied for second on the tied team with defenseman. He, God, if he gets two, he'll be tied for the Save lead. The pucks. <laughs> Give him the pucks. That so okay. So what's going on here with the defenseman? I okay. I think there's two things. Number one, they only have two defensemen you'd actually expect to score a decent amount of goals, right? Theodore, the and two who are right. You like you're never expecting McNabb, McNabb or White Cloud or, or, yeah, or Martinez White, exactly. to score a lot. But, but you're expecting more than this, right? You're not expecting those three to combine for like one goal, which I think they're at right now on the season. I think it's a a change from, to compare it to Pete DeBoer and or compare DeBoer and Bruce Cassidy. Pete DeBoer uh, was very much on board with, hey, like we want to take shots from the point, like our defensemen perfectly fine to fire it from the point. 
it's low percentage, high volume, right? Which is right. What uh, it's fine. Yeah. Like that's not maybe not the best way to play. You're but not going to score much from a it. bad way to play. But the defensemen were taking more shots. The defensemen were getting more opportunities to score. Under Cassidy, they don't take those shots as much. Under Cassidy, it's a lot more about well, we'd rather have a few high quality chances than a then whole bunch or of five low from the point. And because of that, they just don't shoot from out there as much. Like they're trying to get a much higher quality shot. So McNabb and White Cloud, they they don't have the shot attempts to get that. I'd actually have to go look and see what their shot attempts are per minute this year. But they just, I think it's part of it is the style of play that the Golden Knights have that they're just not looking for anything like that. Now, Daniil Marimanov, granted it was on a power play, but he shoots from the point and scores. So maybe they should do it a little bit more, like try it out, you know, just a little bit, see if you can get some. It would make sense, more sense though, if you're doing it on the power play. Yes, yes, because you're a lot easier to get yeah. the rebound and because re- the, right. the the fear is you take a low quality shot, you don't get the rebound, and then you've just given the puck away without getting right. a decent shot. Right. And if you're waiting for a high quality shot, at least if you give up the rebound and they get it, at least you got a high quality shot yeah. out of it as opposed to the one low quality shot. But I uh, very very much enjoy that Daniil Miramanov is one goal away from being tied for second on this team, despite having played like what a third of the games or has he even played a third of the games so yeah. far this season might maybe not even a third of the games. And all he's got to do is punch in a power play goal here and there. And he'll be the golden Knights team leader in gold. By the way, do you have to leave him in the lineup? Well, if he's scoring, <laughs> yes, if he's scoring as a defenseman, I think you do. Like they're obviously not healthy uh, defensively either. No white clouds out. They yeah. got guys out. And when they are, they've got a pretty solid top six for their defenseman, and Miramanov wouldn't be in there. But he's—I wonder if just simply scoring a power play goal every now and then is enough for Miramanov <laughs> to be. Yep, you're locked in until we're fully healthy, because God forbid we get goal scoring from any of our defensemen. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into some Raiders as they get ready to take on the Steelers. You know, for me, over the years, I've learned so much. You know, playing in Denver, playing in Kansas City. Um, you know, in certain weather games, the playoff game last year, you learn so many things on you know, how to, you know, do certain things and um, to where, like, it is just football, you know, and me being a West Coast guy, you know, it's I've been in California or Texas my whole life, you know, so it's been a little bit of different climates, you know, but uh, I've learned through my career to, you know, do certain things to where it is just football, to where I don't have to do anything different. The team, we don't have to do anything different. You can just play football. Um, and, you know, and Josh and all their experience too helps for sure. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. You believe Derek Carr just play football? His results in cold weather would suggest there has to be a little more to that than just play football. That he, he struggles in cold weather. Uh, coming up in about 10 minutes, Jeff Erickson's going to join us from RotoWire. He's going to answer your fantasy football questions. You can send them to the Finley Kia text line. That is 69187. Type ESPN, whatever your fantasy football question is, and send that playoffs. to 69187. It is playoffs. Well, if you're not time. in the playoffs, I don't know what your league's doing. Unless you're Danny's league. His league might be over by now. Championship weekend. <laughs> <laughs> While everybody else is in semifinals, in we semis. got championships going on. Uh, so Jeff Erickson will join us again. 69187. That's the text line if you have fantasy football questions. Did you guys see uh, Chicago? The high tomorrow is two oh, degrees. yeah. <laughs> lovely. The high. Thousands lovely. of flights already canceled. Thousands. <laughs> Aren't you glad you're not going to Pittsburgh? I should say yes, yes, right there. Um <laughs> battling, battling the uh Would you lines. get there? 
I don't know. I don't know if you because you were originally flying out tomorrow. Tomorrow on uh, yeah on uh, our favorite airline. Yes, but uh, I don't know. You guys scared the heck out of me about the lines. <laughs> the airport. My I think my flight was around one, which means I would have been there like at eight a.m. because of you two, Jim Oaks. <laughs> yeah, you could have higher uh, show from the airport. Yes, you could have just yes. take, done clean feed from the security yes. line at the airport. Well. Could have done clean feed if Danny actually had internet. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Do you still have internet on that computer yet? Uh, no, I'm oh, about to send an email. That's good. That's good. <laughs> we don't need it. We don't need it in here. Why would you have internet? But, man, it's uh, it's going to be brutal for people trying to travel. Oh. It already is. But... It already is. Watching the news last night, I'm like, who wants to do this? Chicago especially. Yeah. Well, the worst is, like, people who are, like, affected I don't even know what the phrase would be, but like secondhand affected who need those like connecting. Oh, flights. forget about it if you're connecting. Because it's coming from other places. And exactly. if it's coming from anywhere in the country right now near the near Chicago in the Midwest, it's it, good luck to you. Yep. All right. We all saw the video of the Raiders fan getting oh. harassed by a Patriots fan, verbally harassed uh, at the end Vice, of their the game. The other way, Raiders, Raiders harassing the Patriots. Yes. Yes. Um, Raiders president, Sandra Douglas Morgan, on Twitter reached out to the guy and said, on behalf of the Raiders, we appreciate the way you conducted yourself. No fan should have to endure that type of behavior. We will be in touch. So here's my question. You're a Patriots fan. Raiders reach out to you. The hell do you want from the Raiders? Uh, I guess it depends on if he was local. Maybe you want to go see other games. Maybe you want tickets to other games, even if you're a Patriot fan. I don't know. I mean, I don't. We have no idea who the person was. Was he from out of town? Was he from, was he from Las Vegas? And you might want to just go see NFL games. You like some tickets to games? I don't know, but something tells me he probably doesn't want any money to the team store. So <laughs> true. Unless he has fans who are Raiders, less friends who are Raiders fans. Because the the Patriots fan that was getting yelled at, he actually tweeted like, "Hey, this is me in that video." This was my first NFL game, you know, as a Patriots fan. So, uh, rather disappointing way to in, uh, see your favorite team play in your first game ever, regardless of whether she, he was getting verbally harassed the way that game ended. Absolute disaster uh, for Patriots fans. But it's um, pretty bad. I'm trying to, like... He kept you, his cool, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I can't, th- I, I can't think of any actual negative experience I've had as like a that. visiting fan. And I, I sat in the Mississippi State student section with an Ole Miss shirt on during the Egg Bowl one year. And it still wow. wasn't that bad. You got probably kids. I got kids. Yeah, people yelled like, at me. Right. But, but it was still. It, Ole Miss also, also lost that game by like 35. It was over in the first quarter. So eventually so, people were like, <laughs> sorry about that, buddy. <laughs> like, sorry about that. It wasn't a close game. Anymore, at the end, so. they were patting you on the back right. and like, wanting to buy a beer or something. But like, even then, like, I didn't, I mean, people yelled, but it wasn't anything like, Somebody in my Getting face, in your face. For, for a solid like 45 seconds too. Yes. That what it wasn't like, like, okay. If she had just yelled something in his face, like, oh, I'll take that or whatever. Right. And then walked away still a little obnoxious, but okay. But she was like in his face for a damn minute. Yeah. And not just in his face at one part in the video, she was like halfway in front of him, yeah. like in his seat yeah. almost. It definitely within his space. Yes brutal i i don't never i don't, I don't even think i've seen that at a sporting event either 
Like, I don't even think I've no. seen any sort of harassment. You mean like, live and you're there? Yeah. No, like, I've never I, seen that. The worst I've seen is people throwing things. I've seen fights. Yeah. I think I've seen a fight in person. I, or I've or at least them. been close enough to see the actual fight. Like, I've been places where there is a fight and everybody's standing up looking, but you can't actually right. see. Right. But I haven't actually right. seen the fight in person. Like, you fun. know, one row of seats ahead of you and two guys just going at it. Yeah. the wor- Actually, the worst thing I think I've seen was at an Ole Miss game. Somebody snuck in a liquor bottle and then threw it and it hit somebody. There's a lot of blood. Uh, really? Yeah. That's probably the worst that I've seen. Was that's but, pretty bad. Yeah, they weren't oh, yeah. they weren't like targeting somebody, but it was like, oh, there's a bad call, and we're gonna throw our that's pretty cups. Bad. But it was, oh, I snuck in a liquor bottle. Yeah, but it wasn't a fight or actual yelling at somebody. First fight I ever saw was at an Orioles and Yankees game at Camden Yards. I think I was like nine years old. Were the Orioles at least good then? Uh, I think they were like a middle of the pack team back then. Okay. So they've been in the same spot for twenty years. I just love <laughs> now. They're, I just love the idea of like a seventy win Oriole teams. One of their fans just getting angry and trying to fight a Yankees. Fan. No, it wasn't. It wasn't seventy wins. Okay, it was know. like eighty five win team. It was. It was right after Ripken left. Right, right before they lost all their good pitching to the Yankees. <laughs> like they had, they still had Musina and yeah. It was fun times. So they were still relevant. It's just, it's just they were a little relevant. Little, yeah, but that's more than they have been for. I mean, they had the what the one playoff appearance in like the early 2010s or something yeah. like that, and that's basically been it since Cal Ripken retired. Yep. Poor Oriole. This was embarrassing. It is on every level. It is yes, on every absolutely. Level. I'd almost, I almost feel like I'd rather somebody swing at me than yell at my face for 45 seconds. Uh, I guess it depends on the damage that you didn't. You I, didn't I would say it depends on the person swinging. Yes. Yeah. Like what six person four, is 208, you know, 70 it, pounds with power. Okay. The way the guy responded is basically the only thing he can do. Yeah. Cause you can't yell back. Right. Cause then that just escalates the entire right. situation. The situation. Everyone yeah. around yes. you gets in it. But if she had swung, you might be able to swing back and yeah. <laughs> or I mean, <laughs> Chances are she had a couple in her. All you got to do is like a couple. Oh, no, she had some daddy. in her. But I'm just saying, all you got to do is like give her a good tap on the shoulder. There goes that balance. <laughs> <laughs> Danny has them pushing. Danny has them pushing her down on the ground. Well, no, I'm just saying like you got to you got to look at the surroundings, the way the chairs are built. They're like right at like ankle height. Lose that balance. You might tumble. a little bit. <laughs> I mean, when she was standing basically in front of him, all he had to do was sit down and he probably would have bumped her. Probably without even yeah with his knees. without even getting out of yeah. his own personal space just oh, yeah. could have normally sat down and she might have gone tumbling down the row in front of her. Hmm. Well, was, I'd like to know what they give him. I'm As curious, Sandra like, yeah, Douglas what, uh, Morgan I, I said wonder, that they're going to be in touch. I wonder. I wonder they if they him. would like if he is from out of town, fly him in and give him tickets to a game, put him up in a hotel. Gotta, I mean, I don't know what else you can do. You got to call the Patriots and be like, hey. As your fan, we want to help him out. Like, what can we do? Get him on a plane, fly him to New England. Well, maybe not this weekend, but get him on a plane, <laughs> fly him out to Massachusetts for something in the field. Like, I feel like you've got to call the Patriots up and be like, hey, let's figure yeah, something out. Yeah, he's not going to want Raider. Like right. Danny said, he's not going to want Raider gear. Because, like, if you went to a Dodgers Giants game and that happened and the president of the Giants was like, we'll be in touch, and they were like, hey, you want to come to a Giants game? You'd be like, yeah. Not really. Not are the, really. Are the Dodgers playing again? Like, yeah, exactly. Right. So, like, can you can you call up the Dodgers and get me tickets over there? All right. Jeff Erickson's going to join us next from Roto Wire. You can send your fantasy football questions in now. 
69187. That is the Finley Kia text line. Preface your message with rate or with excuse me with ESPN. Type ESPN and then whatever your fantasy football question is and send that to 69187. We'll ask Jeff Erickson next. 27-24 Cowboys leader. Trevor drops. Looks. Pump fake. Fires in the back of the end zone. The ball's caught. 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 Touchdown, Zay Jones. The Jags have taken the lead. How good is that? Jacksonville has taken the lead. We're back to the press box with Graney and Bischoff. Joining us now from Rotowire is Jeff Erickson. If you have fantasy football questions, Jeff will answer them. Our text line, Finley Kia text line is 69187. Type ESPN and then whatever your question is and send that to 69187 and we will get it to Jeff Erickson. Uh, good morning, Jeff. I'm curious in general, how much does cold weather and what we're going to see across the NFL this weekend affect your rankings this week? Oh, a ton. I mean, you can just look at the totals and you can see how it's going to uh, impact a lot of the games. Uh, just look at that Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Orleans game. I think it's down around 32, 32 and a half. Uh, you know, may not have Nick Chubb in that one, so it's even worse for the Browns, but the Browns defense is pretty solid, especially at home. Yeah, it, it's going to affect a lot of teams. Uh, you know, I, I think tonight, uh, the, the game against the Jets and the Jaguars, already the Jets are a pretty tough defensive team. I'm forced to play Trevor Lawrence in the league uh, because I have Jalen Hurts and our free agent window is closed. We can't pick up anybody else. This is in the NFFC. Uh, so I've been riding Hurts all year. At least I held on to Lawrence, but I got to play him against the Jets, and I'm not looking forward to it at all. How many of your leagues are in the championship, and how many are in the semis? Uh, almost all of them are in the semis right now. Um, I am in, Actually, in one league, we only have four playoff teams. Uh, that's one of my semis, but... Uh, the NFFC, we do a 14-week regular season, and then you win your individual league, and then there's an overall contest where there's about 250 teams uh, in our playoffs. So you start with your average score from the season. So I start off like 140 points or whatever, uh, and then you add in everything you get the next three weeks. So it's kind of a cool uh, system that they have for an overall contest. Uh, do you? Uh, how big of a hit, I should say, are you giving to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith with no Jalen Hurts? Um, well, Minshew is not a terrible backup, but I'm also wondering, like, do they start resting some of their other regulars? Let's face it. I mean, you look at, you just look at the standings that you can see that they don't necessarily even have to play their start, the rest of their starters. Uh, they're 13 and one. I mean, they, they, if they can win, you know, they've got the tiebreaker over the Vikings. Anyhow, they're going to pretty much clinch home field advantage for the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they like play very vanilla against the Cowboys, a future possible future playoff opponent. Don't show it too many of their uh, special things that they do. They rest hurts. They may rest some of their other top uh, position play starters too. So, yeah, it, it, we're already in that point in the season. It's early to do that, but if you remember, like there's the Colts team one year that actually bench, contemplated benching Manning two weeks into the playoffs. It didn't work out so well for them, but. I think that's the one thing holding him back from doing that. So it's long-winded way of saying it, it's going to hurt. Could you give me any less hope for a guy who has Nick Chubb and Devonta Smith after what you just said? <laughs> uh, I've got I've got Nick Chubb and Jalen Hurts, so I'm okay. with you. Uh, I mean, I'm really unhappy about this development. Uh, six nine one eight seven. That is the text line. First question for you: Latavius Murray, Travis Etienne, or Chris Olave? Um, well, Olave's got a hamstring, so let's take him out there. Uh, Latavius Murray versus ETN. 
Um, you know, I missed the vote on Murray last week. I'm going ETN, but they're both they're they're within a couple spots of each other. Again, six nine one eight seven. That's the text line. Uh, send your messages. Type ESPN, and then whatever your fantasy question is, we'll get it to Jeff Erickson. Uh, Darren Waller or Pat Fryermuth? Uh, Waller. Fryermuth is ha- has limited snaps right now. He's trying to play through a foot injury. Six nine one eight seven. Again, that's the text line. I'm curious, Jeff. Uh, who do you expect to be the best play in the Colts backfield? Um, I think Moss probably will get more of a workload, and especially this week against the Chargers, you got to like that matchup. He's actually a pretty decent play, and I never thought I'd be saying that this year, but here we are. Are people uh, believing yet in Deshaun Watson, if you have him? Uh, no. No, I mean, has, has he done anything to give us reason for belief? Uh, I don't think so. 69187, that is the text line. Cam Akers or Brian Robinson? Brian Robinson. Uh, I would go, let's see, I think it's, I'm going to go Brian Robinson. Robinson ran well last week. He had that touchdown taken away, killed a lot of fantasy teams. Um, I, I, yeah, I go Brian Robinson here. Is Gardner, you, you said Gardner Minshew is not bad. Is he playable in a fantasy playoff game? And it, obviously, if your options are limited, like how much would you trust him? Uh, he's right in the range of like Derek Carr and Brock Purdy and Kenny Pickett. Let's put it at that level. <laughs> Poor Who, Derek Carr. About what, is, what is Derek Carr there, doing on There's a lot of bad list. quarterbacks, guys. I mean, Tannehill's not going to play. Zach Wilson starting again. I, I, I start. Uh, I, I start Minshew over uh, over Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, again, Watson is going to have a terrible weather game, um, and he hasn't done anything to impress us just yet. Well, that's a good one to bring up, though. Kenny Pickett or Derek Carr in that in that kind of weather. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go. Derek Carr, I'm not looking forward wow. to a good offense in this game for either of them. But, you know, Pickett uh, is coming back from the concussion. Looks like he's going to play. You know, they are home, but I think it's going to be a lot of running the ball. It's going to be a ton of Josh Jacobs on Sun- on Saturday. On, I almost said Sunday, but it's Saturday. <laughs> 69187, that's the text line. Uh, Drake London or George Pickens? Uh, let's go Drake London on this one here. Uh, London's got pretty heavy target share, at least. I don't really trust Ritter all that much, but... At least he's looking frequently to London. Uh, Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins? Um, I would go Dak. Uh, Both top ten plays this week. Again, if Philly benches anybody, uh, it could be a pretty decent day for Dak. Uh, Is Kirk Cousins' second half one of the all-time best uh, fantasy playoff performances last week? That was crazy. Uh, You you knew that he was just going to have to air it out after a disaster of the first half. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was amazing, and then we saw. Then that same night, we saw saw what Josh Allen did too, which was also amazing. Um, and just it, I, I saw fantasy matchups where it was, it was Cousins versus Allen, so it kind of canceled each other out. And then Jalen Hurts had a day, of course, on Sunday against the Bears too. Six nine one eight seven. That's the text line. I've got one uh, for you. Who should I start in a flex spot? Chris Godwin or Keenan Allen? Go Keenan Allen. Um, a pretty heavy target share. Uh, Brett, you know, Godwin should have a good game against Arizona. That's a pretty good matchup there, too. But uh, I like Allen against the Colts. Uh, hopefully second-half Colts show up. Actually, let me ask you this. Should I play both of them and bench A.J. Brown now that you're telling me he might not play a whole lot against the Cowboys? It's worth considering, yeah. Um, uh, I, I would take this one up to the wire. You know, I want to, I'd try to read as much as you can about, the Phillies, about Philly's intention. 69187. That is our text line. If you've got questions for Jeff Erickson, he will answer them. Uh, we got Jerry Judy or Michael Pittman. 
Uh, I'm going to go Michael Pittman on this one here. I think Judy really struggles this week. Is Olave going to play? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I have to kind of. I, I was flying yesterday, so I'm a little ca- still catching up a little bit on uh, all, all the uh, all the updates on him. I know uh, he, he's got he's dealing with a hamstring. He didn't practice yesterday, so. I mean, I need to see a practice today. And keep in mind that the schedule is accelerated, that it has to be, um, you know, it, it, you're going to have to know after today instead of after Friday. I believe it was this week last year when the Chargers lost to the Texans and Rex Burkhead had like 200 rushing yards or something yep. crazy like that. Is there yep. an absolute no-name player out there that you think could have a Rex Burkhead-type game? I mean, I think Zach Moss is probably the best answer to that one there. Not necessarily no name, but someone that has been unusable all season long. Gets to face the face. Hey, the Chargers again. Here we go. Um, <laughs> they, they're a run funnel. I mean, you know, you, you want to have your running back start against them, period. All right. No, the Chargers can't lose to this team, right? I know they lost to the Texans and hilariously well, blew their playoff, but they can't lose to this team and do it again. Oh, it's in their DNA. They can lose to anybody. Um, yeah, the charging is usually pretty fierce when it happens. They, I mean, they, they, they've won some games that they normally would lose uh, this year. I think Staley is a, you know, Chargers fans don't love Staley, but I think he's a pretty decent coach still. I think they got bullied in out of some of his uh, aggressive tendencies because of what happened last year, but uh, he's been a little bit more cautious this year. But I actually think he's a pretty good coach. The defense that he drew up, to face the Dolphins a couple weeks ago in the Sunday night game was just brilliant. Right. Um, and it really attacked Miami and pressed their receivers, and it worked. Uh, and, dared, and Miami didn't run the ball against them, too. It was insane. Uh, and Miami's generally a pretty smart team. 69187, that's the text line. Jeff, we've got one more before we let you go. This seems like a good problem to have, though. Dalvin Cook or Aaron Jones? Um, it's a great problem to have. Uh, I go Dalvin Cook, though. All right. He is Jeff Erickson from RotoWire, as always, answering your fantasy football questions on Thursday. Jeff, we appreciate it. Happy holidays, buddy. You bet. Take care. Uh, so there's Jeff Erickson from RotoWire. Uh, yeah, he's he's got both of us worried with Eagles wide receivers. I mean, now. <laughs> it was like the first two things he said was, I don't think Chubb's playing. Well, he's my guy. And Devontae Smith, they might, like, sit everybody because, you know, they've got things clinched. I'm like, well, he's one of my guys. And I'm in the semis. I'm like, that's not good. That's not good. I'm with you. I got Chubb and Olave, and I'm going yeah, for a exactly. consolation championship. What do you get if you win your consolation You get your money back? No, I get to say I won the consolation bracket. Oh, oh it doesn't man. matter. Why are you even paying attention? Come on. Yeah. People in my league that barely even start guys when they're in the consolation. I don't. If I'm in a consolation, I don't even call up my team. <laughs> Well, if you're not winning anything, right? If you're not, I mean, at least uh, some consolations I know get their money back if you win it. Yeah. I mean, then I would pay really? attention. Really? If you win the, like, if you win the consolation like bracket. Like the seven through 12 guys play and the winner gets their they, money back? They get their money back. Oh, that's brutal. We, we do third place gets their money back, but not, not consolation. Yeah, we tournament. pay three off the top and then consolation gets their money back. Oh, that's uh, no we, fun. We pay second place gets their money back, winner take everything else. I kind of like that better. Wow. Well, actually, I take that back. We, uh, the regular season highest score also gets, uh, yes, we do that regular season highest score. Yeah. And then second place money back and first place the rest. I kind of like that more. Makes it more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. One, one, one of the leagues I'm in, Adam Hill's leading, I to write him a check that I might have to write him. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> See, okay. Here's the key with how you split up your money. It's how confident are you? The people in the league are going to stay year after year. 
Because if you like the league I'm in, we pay first, second, and third, and then we have four props, like highest High scoring score. team. Uh, if you had the biggest blowout, like you beat somebody by ninety, right. that's the, that gets uh, I think half of your money back. And then we do like a MVP, whoever had the highest scoring individual player. But like that makes it fun because more people can you know get money get at the money end of the back. year. But I like the idea of just the winner gets almost everything. But if you don't think everybody's going to keep coming back, then you want to split up the money so people can be like, oh, why do I do this? Well, right. I got I the got highest scoring back. player and I got something. Right. Yeah. So it just depends, even though I would prefer the more cutthroat winner takes almost everything, if not everything. Yeah, I like, I like other people getting money. I'm with you on that one. Though. Unless it's Adam Hill. You just complained. You got to well, write no, Adam Hill not, a check. It can't be him. It can't be him. <laughs> I, I would never hear the end of it. I'd never hear the end of it. And he's in first place. He got that buy. It's not looking good for me. Are you physically writing out a check to him? Like you're not Venmoing it Please or something? Please do. Please write I, out a check. I, we do the checks to bug them. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. See, it's no problem. Like, listen, I got my bank's app. I can take a picture of the thing. It's it's fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I did it for Survivor with them, and they just, three people split it, and all of them had a comment about, you still have checks? And I, I well, we have them. But I'm we're kind of doing this debug. You should get the big jumbo yeah. check, the huge jumbo check, yeah. the cardboard one. I would actually, I would actually like the check. Yeah, but you take your picture Venmo. and you deposit. But it then that I, way. I have the physical, like, look at this, I won, right? Yeah, right. Our league, we just get. I don't know if it's Venmo, Venmo or, or whatever, Zillow or whatever. I don't get anything. But if I had a physical check, yeah, mm-hmm. I, and then I take a picture of it, I still have the check. I'll frame that thing. and make sure they <laughs> fill out the memo part. That's right, champion, Fantasy champion, champion, of course. All right, coming up next. We got some Thursday night football between two potential playoff teams. Jeff's looking for the lead, takes the snap, play action, bootleg, flips it right, Uzama, that's a jet touchdown! Zach Wilson finds CJ Uzama for the second time today! Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Tomorrow on Cofield and Company. It's Festivus, their best show of the year, the best show that anybody does around here. Uh, You get to call in. You get to complain about, well, anything you want. Hopefully it's about us. The idea is to complain about shows and people on the radio here, uh, either on ESPN Las Vegas or Fox Sports Las Vegas or Raider Nation Radio. Uh, So call in. You can call in live during the show. You can also record a message. They've got a uh, line to record if you want to do it now. 702-509-1325. 702-509-1325. As they're listening to this show, yes. please call immediately. Call right now and complain about us and leave yes. a message at 702-509-1325. You can also send a tweet to ESPN Las Vegas uh, and get that read on the air. So tomorrow is Festivus on Cofield and Company. Tonight, Thursday Night Football, two teams that might make the postseason Jags and Jets uh, Jets are seven and seven they're one game outside the playoffs the Jags are six and eight uh, they're two back of the last wild card but they're only one back of the Titans for the AFC South and they control their own destiny in the AFC South because if they went out since they play the Titans in the final game of the season if they went out and get to nine and eight they will at the very least be tied with the Titans and they will have the tiebreaker in that scenario do you believe in the Jags I believe them believe in them more because of what's happened with the Titans. They've lost four straight, and now Ryan Tannehill's out for the year, so it's Malik Willis' time. So I sort of believe in them more than if those two things weren't the truth. 
I think the Jags are pretty good um, to the point where they should be the best team in that division. And I think they're better than like the Jets. I think they're better than the Patriots. Uh, but when there's only three games left in the season, it's I would, shouldn't say it's hard, but it might be difficult for them to make the playoffs, even if it's just catching the Titans because there's three games left. And we see we see stupid stuff in the NFL every week. The Patriots came here, had a great comeback, took the lead, and then gave up, well, kind of gave up a touchdown to Keelan Cole and then decided to throw it to Chandler Jones for a walk-off. So, like, stupid stuff happens. So, uh, to me, it's just you've left yourself no room for error if you're the Jags that you basically have to be perfect the rest of the way. And yeah. maybe they'll, yeah. maybe maybe they they'll do be. that. But I, I do think they're pretty good. Like, I do think this is a playoff caliber team. Like, they're in that level. And... Trevor Lawrence has been excellent the second half of the season. Like he's he's finally looking like you can say, "Oh, they might have they might have something here in Trevor Lawrence." So they get at Jets tonight, at Texans. Yep. And this is without Ryan Tannehill home to the Titans. Yep. That could be for the division right there. It, I I hope it is. That'll yes. that there's a good chance that's the Sunday that's the game they flex to Sunday night on the final game yeah. because it'll be it, there's a good chance that's guaranteed to decide the AFC South. And it might be losers not in a wild card spot either. So it might be winners in hosting a playoff game, losers. I mean, could you out. see the Titans losing seven, seven to seven in a row to end it? Well, they play the Texans too. So okay, uh, I it, I think they play the Texans this week. So well, <laughs> I told you what was going to happen on the on the uh, on the one game against the Cowboys. It almost <laughs> happened. If that's the Texans team that show up, you never know. Trap game. Trap game. Trap game for Listen the Titans. To you. Listen Trap to game you. for the Titans. And so, the Texans almost pulled it off this past weekend, too, against KC. Yeah. Yeah. They've been close. Which, by the way. What's we, wrong with them? Do they know they're not getting Bryce Young? Or what, are, what, the, what the heck's wrong with them? <laughs> no, they're still losing. It's true. They're, they're, this is exactly what. Don't this, try. This is exactly what you want if you're tanking. You want to be competitive with the best teams in the league, but still find but a way still to lose. lose. Absolutely. That is perfect. Because you're like, oh, look at what we got. That guy yeah. played well. That guy played well. We might have something here. Good job. We still lost. We're still 1-12-1 or whatever the hell their record is. That's what you want. That's a perfect last two weeks from the Texans. You're like, hey, we got the lead against the Cowboys. All right, time to blow it. Let them, let them march down the field, punch it in the end zone. Got like, the lead against the Chiefs? They're like, uh-oh, we got into overtime. We better let Pat Mahomes get down the field yeah. and score here. We don't want to win. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. I also think they're at a point where they're, I think, two games behind, so they're They've got a pretty sig- safe spot. They've got a sizable number lead. one pick. Right. They could they could win a game or two here at the end and still, still get him. Get the one. So maybe they will pull off an upset. But good chance that the final day of the season is for the AFC South between the Jags and the Titans. And it'll be the most excited anybody should ever be to watch the Jags and the Titans because you shouldn't actually be excited to watch those two teams play. I think the Jags win tonight and keep those playoff hopes humming.